Thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Professor Ivlo Lloyd Griffith, um, for joining me for this little chat. Um, Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you're so welcome. It's truly an honor. I mean, uh, you are you have so much behind you. I mean, you're an expert at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a fellow with the Caribbean Policy Consortium. I mean. <laughs> You're a specialist on Caribbean security. You've published several books. Yeah, so thank you. I'm honored. Um, Glad to be here. So, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about the, the Venezuela-Guyana border issue um, that's been plaguing this island for a while. So first of all, um, I want to confirm that you're originally from Guyana, from Guyana, yes? Yeah. Yes, indeed. So and that means, many waters. <laughs> indeed, yes. So that means this is more than a political issue for you. I mean, it's also personal, I would think. Oh, yes, right? very much so. Yes. Very much. So um, can you sort of give me, well, give our readers sort of a background around the issue? I mean, how did it start? This issue dates to the colonial period of now Guyana, mm. and it has an antecedent in the colonial period of Venezuela. Guyana became part of the British colonial possession sphere mm. when they were able to succeed the Dutch, who had major occupancy of what is now Guyana. Mm. But what the British and the Dutch failed to do in 1814 was to clearly demarcate the boundary between Guyana and British Guyana mm. and Venezuela. So later on in the 1840s, Britain hired a German explorer, Robert Schomburg. And they said to Schomburg, go back to the South American place and tell us where the boundaries should exist. Mm. He did that study, and he came up with what was known subsequently as the Schomburg Line. Right. The British accepted the Schomburg Line as a demarcation. Venezuelans did not. Mm. They're arguing that everything that Spain had ever owned in South America mm at a time when Spain renounced its ownership of what it was then Grand Colombia, New Granada, yeah. belonged to Venezuela. Oh. British objected. British said no. <laughs> Keep in mind that around that same period, in 1823 to be exact, mm. there was a president of the United States called James Monroe. Mon yes. James Monroe made an edict. It's called the Monroe Declaration, mm. Monroe Doctrine. And what James Monroe said is, listen, you European colonial powers, hands off the Americas. Mm. Do not attempt to come and recolonize the Americas. Yes. And don't try to create difficulties for countries that are now independent in the Americas. Mm. 
It was in the context of the Monroe Doctrine that Venezuela said to America, help us against these British guys. Mm. Venezuela at one point even severed diplomatic relations with the United Kingdom. Call upon the assistance of the United States. The United States even threatened Britain with war over Venezuela. Yes. And the United States was able to get Britain to agree to an arbitration. Why don't we get some experts, both Venezuelan and British, with a neutral party as the president of the tribunal, mm. and let these experts determine what the territory of Venezuela is, what the territory of United Kingdom is. Those experts met in Paris between 1895 and 1897. Mm. And in 1899, they came to an agreement of what the decision is. They, they call it an arbitral award. Yes, yes. And that arbitral award said, okay, Britain, you are not getting all that you want. Venezuela, you're not getting all that you want. Mm. But it turned out that Britain was awarded more than Venezuela. <laughs> yes. Okay. Venezuela signed the agreement. They accepted the agreement. They even, after 1899, when the arbitral award was announced, they sent teams to do the physical on-the-ground demarcation. Okay. They went to 1905 and mapped out. And therefore... There was common agreement that these are the boundaries. Mm. That same 1899 arbitral award was the basis for determining the boundaries between Brazil, Venezuela, and Guyana. There's a point in South America yes. where those three countries meet. Yes. That point, called the trijunction point, was established in 1932. Mm. All this time, Venezuela agreed with all these things. Yes. But the world was not static. The yeah. world is changing. And part of the changing in the world was the geopolitical dynamics. Moving now post-1945, moving now into the Cold War. Mm. In the context of this Cold War, there was this country called Cuba. <laughs> And there is this country called the USSR that has an, an alignment with Cuba. Truly. Mm. And in the context of this Cold War, there's a Guyanese guy called Chetty Jagan, mm -hmm. who is aligning himself with Cuba, who is communist, and upsetting the United States. Ah, okay. We're coming now into the late 50s, early 60s. President Kennedy made a visit to Venezuela in 1962. In the context of that visit, there was a conversation between the Venezuelan president and the American president about what's happening in South America, what's happening mm. in the Caribbean, what's happening with these communists. Okay. Hear this, Don. It was the United States that planted the notion of, you know what, maybe you can open this territorial dispute. Mm. Maybe you can say that you've got an issue that will delay Guyana becoming independent, preventing this Chetty Jagan guy becoming in rule. 
Okay, so it's much more so than between, territory now. It's much, much more than territory. Yes, yes. And so between 1899 and 1962, the Venezuelans were happy. Mm, mm. As a matter of fact, they gave a national award, I think it was called the Order of the Liberator, <laughs> to one of the lawyers who represented Venezuela in 1899, okay. <laughs> a guy called Severo Maleprevo. And so 1962 becomes the formal point of Venezuela saying, look, we've got a problem. Mm. You raise this problem first at the United Nations. I'll pause there. I think that is a sufficient good historical backdrop to this whole dispute. Yes. But now, I mean, in more recent times, oil has been discovered in mm. Guyana right or in and around Guyana mm -hmm. gold has been discovered so right. you you bring all of that in that the tug of war must have something to do with these resources as well yes yes absolutely yes absolutely but but but, but let me say this John and you hinted at it although 2015 when the massive oil deposits in Guyana were first discovered, mm. saw a kind of accentuation of the Venezuelan, what I call intimidation playbook. Venezuela had been pushing this issue long before 2015. Mm. It's just that it raised the level of the pursuit. Mm. And it makes it important to remind your, re your readers and your viewers but a few act, a few a few factors, two facts mm. about this territory called Essequibo. You're quite right. It's not only territory that has oil, and it's not only offshore oil. Yes. There were studies, geographic studies done in the 1970s that show that there is onshore oil. There's a place called the Takatu Basin. Mm. So there's offshore and onshore oil. There is gold. Yes. There's bauxite. There's manganese. There are diamonds. Mm. There is uranium. Mm. Uranium Precious. in the yes. yes. As a matter of fact, in the early 2000s, Iran approached Guyana, interested in helping to explore some of Guyana's uranium for its nuclear. Interesting. Purposes. Okay. Then President Jagdio even went to Iran, signed an agreement. Iran was to send a team to begin to help Ghana explore its region. The United States worked behind the scenes to kill that partnership. Mm -hmm. The point I'm making is that that territory, and I'll tell you a little bit about the size of the territory that may shock some of your readers, that territory is resource rich. Yes. Agricultural lands, mm. timber lands. That area is part of the Guyana Shield with pristine biodiversity. Yes. Number of flora and fauna, unique species to the Amazon. Mm. It's given us part of the Amazon. I've had the pleasure of going in that territory various times. I was by Santa University of Guyana for three years and made several visits to the Essequibo. 
Mm. But did you know what the size of the Essequibo is? I assume it's a small territory. Essequibo is not a small territory. Essequibo is 61,600 square miles. Wow. Okay. Jamaica, the land of your birth that you love, yes. can fit into the Essequibo 14 and a half times. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. England, where you live, yes. can fit in the Essequibo and places still left over. Mm. Essequibo is bigger than England. Yes. And no wonder. So we're people, talking, yes, yes. We're talking about a massive piece of territory, real estate, oh. but you're also talking about hundreds of thousands of people who live there. Yes, yes. Hmm. You probably know Don that Guyana has nine indigenous peoples. Yes. Native Indians. Most of them live in the Esquimau. Mm. So if you take the Esquimau away from Guyana, you're taking away identity, people, resources, Absolutely. land. Yes. You're taking away the basis for a nation existing. Mm. And how are the people of Guyana, I mean, how are they dealing with this? Are they behind the government in fighting? And what, I mean, what can they do? What are they doing, really? Well, there is significant anxiety. There are people who are nervous for a variety of good reasons, for yeah. a variety of reasons. Of course. Nervous because a lot of them are living in areas proximate to Venezuela, mm. uh, proximate to Brazil. Yes. Lots of them know that the disparity in military resources between Venezuela and Guyana is a significant one. Yes, huge, yes. Uh, Guyana's military forces pale in comparison to Venezuela. So that sense of that disparity, that the potential that if Venezuela were to get physical, it can really harm, Truly. drives some of the anxiety, drives some of the nervousness. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a resolute sense among Guyanese in and out of Venezuela mm. that they're Guyanese. Yes. Now, it doesn't help in any nation where there are political issues that can serve to undermine that unification, that united front. And Guyana, as you know, has long had some racial tensions, Afro-Guyanese, Indo-Guyanese, mm. and, and those are not helping. True. But yeah. Given the anxiety level that Venezuela has raised with the physical threat, mm. people are coming together to stand behind the government of Guyana. Excellent. And CARICOM is also behind Guyana because CARICOM everything that happens also... to one country in CARICOM affects all. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I, I, I appeared with a panel on the UWI TV a few nights ago and I was sharing with members in that forum, it is not only theoretical that CARICOM would be involved if Guyana were to be attacked. Mm. It is practical. Yes, yes. There is something, Jamaica is not part of it, but eight Caribbean countries are part of the regional security system. The regional security system operates under a treaty. And the treaty has a provision, it's called Article 4. Mm. It's a mutual assistance, mutual defense treaty yes. provision. It says if you attack any country outside of that treaty, membership attacks a member of the treaty, the others are obligated to come to that person's defense. Indeed. So an attack on Guyana will immediately trigger 
a response by Barbados and St. Lucia and the other members yes. that are obligated now to send their citizens to defend, help mm -hmm. defend Guyana. Yes. So it has real-life practical implications for Caribbean writ large, but it also has implications for the rest of the Americas and for the international world. Could you imagine if a country is able to grab 74% of another country? What happens to other places where there are disputes? Uh, they will say, okay, mm -hmm. and we can go. You, you know probably that there has been a dispute also raging between Guatemala and Belize. Mm. Guatemala will say, well, if Venezuela can go take what it wants in Guyana, maybe we shouldn't do the same thing with Belize, which is also weaker. Exactly. It could set a precedent. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and also recently, this month, um, Venezuelan government held a referendum, right? Mm -hmm. Citizens mm -hmm. voted whether or not to <laughs> include the region in their country and give them citizenship. How, was, is that legal? I mean, was that because the, dis, the dispute is ongoing? It, it, the country doesn't belong to them yet. I yeah. mean, well, obviously, the, to keep them favor. Guyana filed a petition before the International Court of Justice where the dispute exists mm. since 2018 when the Guyana took them to the World Court. And Guyana took them to the World Court out of a process of other measures aiming at resolving the dispute failing. 2018, took to the World Court. So the matter before the World Court. And so after the referendum was announced, Guyana asked the World Court to intervene. The World Court held a hearing. The World Court made a judgment on December 1. The World Court said, Venezuela, you are not allowed to do anything to alter the status quo of the Esequibo. Mm. until the World Court's final judgment. They ignore the World Court. <laughs> they claim that since the World Court did not specifically tell them, don't hold the referendum, yes. they hold the referendum. Mm. So they held the referendum, and the referendum with five questions was intended, was designed, the way the questions are framed, designed to legitimize the intent mm. to annex. Yes, yes, yes. One referendum item said, do you agree that Venezuela should not have anything to do with the ICJ on this matter? Yes. What the Abbasid is going to say yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> do you agree that we should create a new state out of the Esequibo? They have for years called the Esequibo Zona en Reclamación. Mm. Zona Claim. Yes. Now, as a result of the referendum, they said, well, it's now a new state. Mm. is a state, the 24th state of Venezuela. Venezuela, right. A state called Guyana Esequiba. <laughs> and we're going to give people in Guyana Esequiba our identity cards. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a hilarious, you know, the internet, people do all sorts of creative things. Somebody <laughs> yeah. sent me last week. Uh, an identity card for Maduro, the 1889, yes. <laughs> the year of the arbitral war. Yes, he's a citizen of Guyana. Yes. So they're, they're proceeding on the margins of the international legal mm. regime where they are 
they're permitted to do things within Venezuela yes. under their law. But it will be crossing the line to act on those things going into another country. Mm. And that's where the anxiety levels are raised. Right. Will they now proceed beyond what the referendum and the declarations have been mm. to implement the declaration? They've begun some of that implementation. They've established a new map Venezuela. Wow. Yes. They have uh, put in the budget for 2024 funding for this 24th state. Mm. They've set up an administrative capital for the new state in an adjoining state of Bolivar. <laughs> but if they were to make a physical move into the territory of Guyana, then is where it would be triggering yes. total obvious violation of international mm. law. But it, it, I mean, you can also look at the, that move as as like an elect election tactic for Maduro. Sure no? Yes, yes, it surely is. I mean, surely. very similar and to it, Trump. Sorry to say. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the the reality is that. The executable issue has long been a political football mm. in Venezuelan politics, even before Maduro, even before Maduro. Yes, yes. Maduro's predecessor, Hugo Chavez, used it as a political football, but he also played it down mm. for for many years in, in the context of his own domestic politics. But the combination of the recognition of this powerful new petrol wealth. Mm, yes. And Maduro's own intent to stay in power is now using that political football. Of course. Because 2024 will be elections for the presidential level, and 2025 will be elections for the National Assembly. He wants mm -hmm. to be able to use this as a national gathering sentiment in support of his party. Mm, indeed. Uh, indeed. It's it's no coincidence that people in the political opposition who did not support the referendum have been in hot water. They've, they've announced the arrest of, I think, a little over 13, 14 mm. members of the opposition who they claim undermined the national sovereignty by being opposed to the referendum. I mean, if you say you were a free country, mm. people can oppose or support a referendum. Yes, yes. So major figures who oppose the referendum are now anti-nationalists. They yeah. are treason. They've committed treason. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is huge. This is it is. This is huge. It is. Now, maybe the last question. In your in your your latest article, um, you focus on Venezuela as psychologically bullying Guyana, which obviously is what it's doing with its military maneuvers and, you know, planning to build bases near the border. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what is Guyana doing now, today, right? To, to, to put a stop to this. I mean, and, mm -hmm. well, basically, what's the answer? <laughs> what is the answer? Well let, let me answer that. Uh, let me answer that in. Yeah. Let me answer that in two ways. Guyana can only do what Guyana can do. 
And part of what Guyana can do and has begun to do is to reach out to partners. Yes. Diplomatically and militarily. Mm. Yes. Some of those partners are going to be supporting and have begun to support Guyana, not because they love Guyana, but because they have their own interests to protect. Truly. Yes. Let me tell you what two about two of those partners. One of those partners that has interest to protect is Brazil. Mm, yes. Brazil okay. has a border with every South American country except Chile and Ecuador. Mm. Some of those countries that have borders with Brazil are not happy with those borders. Would you imagine what would happen if Brazil were to allow that border with Venezuela and Ghana to be changed, especially changed with force? Mm. Mm. It would be opening a Pandora's box to other South American countries to say, well, you want to look at our, our border with you, Mr. Brazil. Brazil will not, and they have made it quite clear, yeah. will not permit changing of borders. Because, and here's another national interest Brazil consideration. I think I mentioned to you that that 1899 arbitral award also was the basis of a trijunction agreement between Brazil, Guyana, and Venezuela. Yes. Yeah. So if you change the Venezuela-Guyana border, mm. you have to change the Brazil-Venezuela border. You have to change the Brazil-Guyana border. Logically, yes. There are national interest reasons that Brazil mm. would want not to have any border changes. Indeed, yes. Here's another thing about Brazil as a partner. Brazil is one of two places from which Venezuela can launch a military attack into Guyana. Mm. There's a there's a state in Venezuela called Bolivar yes. that adjoins Guyana. They can use that state to send armed forces into Guyana. Okay. Yes. So that state and that part of Guyana, thick jungle, doesn't have the road access that would allow them to send an army mm. across the border. But there's another state in Brazil called Roraima. That state can be used to access and get to Guyana. Mm. Brazil has said, we are not going to permit Venezuela to use our Roraima state uh, to get to okay. Guyana. Yes. And Brazil has, Brazil has sent a reinforcement to Roraima to say to the Venezuelans, this too shall not pass. <laughs> so Guyana has been yes. using its <laughs> friends network. Mm. One of those friends network members is called United States of America. Of course, yes. Uh, last week, matter of fact, the seventh of this month, exactly last week, United States and Guyana have begun joint flights military mm. flights. United States made an announcement. Look, we just let you know that we have a strong partnership with Guyana, and part of that is because of the oil. <laughs> of course. So, Actually. United States. And so, part of my answer to you is that, hey, Guyana cannot by itself mm. repel. Yes, of course. So, Guyana has been depending upon its partners. 
diplomatic and military, depending on the CARICOM support, depending on the Commonwealth support, mm -hmm. depending on the organization of American states support to kind of keep Venezuela at bay. Yes. Okay. So that means all of this gives Venezuela reason to pause, to quit, to reconsider their actions. Yep. Excellent. Now, I don't anticipate they will quit mm. pushing, but I am hopeful and I have every reason to believe that it will not become physical military aggression. Indeed. Indeed. Excellent. Well, that's a very positive note to end on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You're quite welcome. Yeah. I mean, I've done some research, but I've learned so much more from you. So, um, okay. All right. I'm truly grateful. So, Have this a wonderful day. will be published in January, and I'll send you an All electronic right. copy of the paper when it's wonderful. Done. Right. Thank you very much. You take Have care. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy safe travels. Thank you Safe so much. Safe travels to Florida. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.